Good morning. It's time for another episode of View from Military Mind Daily Views for April 29th, 2020. Views and opinions about world and national events from the minds of the men and women that are defending and have defended our freedoms for the past 244 years. Unfiltered, unedited, and definitely not PC. If you're ready, let's move out. Today's episode is a encore presentation of a live YouTube and Facebook video cast that was performed on April 25th, 2020. So stick with us, enjoy the audio. You are still free to comment and send your reviews to vfamm2020 at gmail.com or make comments on our webpage at viewfromilitarymind.com. Or visit our Facebook page, View from Military Mind, and our YouTube channel, View from Military Mind. Leave your comments, your insights, recommendations, gripes, complaints, bitches, all are welcome, and we would love to see you right. So enjoy the episode of View from Military Mind live podcast, video cast from April 25th, 2020. This is your host, Terry Mills. Enjoy and let us know. ViewFromMilitaryMind.com and write us at VFAMM2020 at gmail.com. Enjoy the show. Good morning and welcome to View from Military Mind Live um, on Saturday morning, February, or excuse me, backtracking, April 25th. Uh, we're supposed to start at 9.25, or excuse me, at 9 o'clock, but now we're at 9.25. You can see how it's been. Uh, things are confusing this morning already. Um, look, again, welcome to View from Military Mind. Um, this is views and opinions about world and national events from the minds of men and women that are defending and have defended our freedoms for the past 244 years, unfiltered, unedited, and definitely not PC. So if you're ready, well, let's go ahead and move out. Um, I'm on both Facebook and I'm also on YouTube. So for all of you that are watching, messengers are open, the chat rooms are open. Go ahead and send me questions. Uh, and we're gonna just kind of feel our way around. There's a few things I wanna look at that uh, have come up across the week some topics that are near and dear to me that I want to uh, talk about today. And I would really like to get everybody's input. Uh, if you can't get on a chat and you just, you're just listening to this, go ahead and you can email me at view from Milliner, view from, excuse me, VFAMM2020 at gmail.com. Give me time. I'll get this right one way or the other. Uh, you can also go to our uh, website, viewfrommilitarymind.com and Click on the link down there where you can send your comments and stuff to us. I do have the email up, and I'm, I can read those as they come across also. So, again, I invite everybody to participate. Clock in there and let me let me know what you think and what you'd like to hear. And go ahead and get moving here. Good morning, Facebook. 
How are y'all doing this morning? Welcome to View from Military Mind Live on Saturday, April 25th. Uh, we are a little delayed, about 30 minutes. We have some technical difficulties that you see here coming on the back side of this. YouTube is already up. And uh, again, I invite you all to enter your chat messages there. Um, interact with me, ask questions as you want to see. Um, you can go to our, our website, viewfrommilitarymind.com, and go to the tab down there at the bottom and send us an email, or you can email us direct at vfamm2020 at gmail.com, vfamm2020 at gmail.com. And you can send us your comments and requests. Uh, if there's any questions that you have, uh, by all means, send those also. Uh, I really like for you to interact. I want to bring this um, program up as best I can. I really like for everybody to, to get involved. But uh, like I said, they're gonna. It's kind of a free for all day. Uh, there's things that we'll talk about. Uh, so I need your your questions and things of that nature. Let me know what you think, what you see, um, what your opinions are. So please join us. Uh, the first couple of things I'm going to get into here are going to be I need to move the microphone here. Yeah, I look like a microphone guru. Um, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. I muted it. All right, I know I'm back again. Um, I want a couple of things it's come through the news during the week uh, that I'd like to take a look at. Uh, it's really got my interest up. Uh, now, on the 24th, uh, in Washington Zammer, they'd put out uh, kind of bashing the, the Democrats with this new bill that's coming through. Um, they, they're saying that uh, Speaker Pelosi had introduced a, a dishonestly named Take Responsibility for Workers and Families Act, uh, trying to push you. Uh, legislation for uh, N95 masks, social distancing, avoiding the virus, things of that not that bit much. Only problem was um, it was given a whole lot of power to labor union bosses at the expense of the workers and the businesses. So here's the Democrats trying to force unionization uh, in the middle of this coronavirus. Not the time to be doing that. Okay, We'll take a, we need to take a look at that thing later on. Once we open the country up, why do we want to give money to union bosses and unions while well, a lot of their workers are out of work? Um, all because of the, the particular things that are going on here. So why do we want to do something like that? Um, if you've got comments on that, please, uh, by all means, bring it up. Let me know what you think about it. Uh, we'll go from there. Um, I don't agree with it. Uh, I was union at one time, so I'm not unfamiliar with what's going on with that and what they do. Uh, I'm not a big union supporter. They were good when they were first put up and designed. Um, now they're nothing more than a political force that uh, the upper echelons of the union make a whole lot of money and their people below them don't, or they've got to give up a whole lot of stuff. We've seen um, retirements go away. We've seen jobs go away. When the unions get so greedy and they price their, they price their people right out of work, so let me know what your opinion on that is. You can either send it to me in the email or in the chat room. By all means, let me know. Um, I'm not going to argue with you over things. We'll we'll talk about it, see your viewpoint. Um, and everybody's got their own views. A lot of people that uh, 
unions have helped them out through the years. And, and there are times that that happens. Let me know what you think about that. And we'll move on to the next subject. Another thing I want to take a look at, and this come out April 18th, and it really, really bothers me um, because this is near and dear to me being that, you know, I am a dust offer or medevac. Um, was a crew chief for quite some time. It says here the U.S. military is cutting medevac flights for troops in West Africa. Now, what bothers me the, boat, the most about this, number one, is they're cutting the medevacs. It's absolutely stupid and insane to take out your medical evacuation or your dust off from our troops who are in, who are in harm's way. I don't care whether it's 50 or uh, 5,000. In this case, um, it doesn't exactly give me the, the amount of troops that are there, which really is it, – it's not the main concern how, what the numbers are. But they have a contractor, Ericsson's. Ericsson Aviation is there in, in West Africa providing medevac support to our Special Forces troops who are there. That's ridiculous. First off, why do we have a contractor again taking military personnel's jobs? They said, well, we don't have enough people. Yeah, because you've, like the unions, you've pissed us away and brought all these contractors in here. Uh, this is something that President Eisenhower warned us about 60 years ago, 61 years ago, about the military industrial machine. And all, all these people who've gotten out of the military, all these politicians and all these big businessmen have decided to take over military operations. Well, you know what? The way I feel about it, that's what you want to do. You go ahead. And let our men and women get out of the Army and quit getting shot at protecting these contractors. Uh, and that's another subject I'll get into later on in the show. Um, I have a very big case of heartburn, heartburn over contractors doing our job when our men and women are trained for it. So we'll get into that later on. Anyway, back to this uh, medevac issue. Um, they're, the lawmakers and actually military officials are starting to uh, raise some sand over it, uh, that the responsibility for any casualty evacuation, flight, evacuation flights will now fall to a single H-225 Super Puma um, in, a, in Niger's capital, Naomi. And then that's by another contractor, Barry Aviation. Um, so, number one, you're down to one helicopter in a centralized location. It's far, far away. You have no backup aircraft in case that one, that single one aircraft, you know, one aircraft breaks. Now you've really put yourself in a bind. What are you going to do? You know, leave them on the battlefield. Uh, we've proven in Afghanistan and Iraq and uh, various other conflicts, even Vietnam, where the, it really got started, that the golden hour is just that. That is the golden hour to get proper care to injured and wounded troops. Why in the name of God would you go and eliminate that standard because you have contract problems? My next question is, why in the name of God would you take a civilian contractor, put him in that position, 
when you have trained military medevacs that know how to do the job, they're in the guard, they're in the reserves, and they're in the active duty. Why would you do that? Oh, that's right. Somebody's not making money. Somebody's not making money off of it. So you're going to make money off the backs of our troops that have been injured and wounded because some general or some colonel or some politician uh, or some big business CEO decided he wanted to make freaking money or secure his way forward after he retires so he can go to these contractors and make more big money. Uh, this is ridiculous. Um, they say they put you know more restrictions uh, on our ground forces there in West Africa. Uh, because of the uh, ambush in October uh, in 2017 that left four American soldiers dead. Boy, when you put them out there with no support, what do you expect is going to happen? You know, now, gr granted, these are special forces soldiers that are out there. They're highly trained. They're highly technical. They know what they're doing. But our, our leaders have lost their ever-loving mind. And they don't have they don't provide support anymore but wait a minute oh wait a minute we'll hire a contractor they can do it they can do it well we see how that works that's not working so well is it uh, now you're you're fighting with contracts and everything else i can go on and on i can get on a a, a two-hour diatribe about this uh, i do not support having contractors as heavy as as heavily as we've got them doing the things they are doing in place of our troops especially when you hear them making comments that well we're doing it because you guys don't know how to do it well you're damn right we don't know how to do it because we got usobs out there doing it for us and somebody in a hierarchy telling us we can't take it away from you we have to give it to you so yeah, it that'll. Yeah, don't ever tell me that a contractor is a good thing for us. It's nothing but a money-making proposition for somebody that's got a lot going on elsewhere. Anyway, time for me to move on to another subject. We'll talk about contractors later, but that's what they're doing. They're taking the medevac away from um, our troops in West Africa and putting them into under one aircraft that's quite a ways away. Um. And this is an ethical obligation besides being a required obligation. Why in the, you know, again, we get into the golden hour standard. Um, now it's saying that uh, it could possibly take up to four hours to evacuate somebody if they get too far out from where this main one was stationed at. You know, right now there's 1,200 troops in West Africa. About 800 of them are in Niger. Good Lord. Uh, you can put an FSMP out there, a forward support medical platoon, which are self-deployable, self-sustainable. And that's three aircraft with four medics, four crew chiefs, plethora of a pilot, uh, plethora of pilots, and uh, your command structure, your minimal command structure. Somebody says, oh, that, that'll cost us a lot. To no. Take a look at what you're spending on these uh, medevac contractors. Research it. Find out what you can find out. Um, it wouldn't surprise me that we're paying twice as much for the contractors for their aircraft and their air crews and their support system 
than what it would cost us to have something that's already in place. So you tell me what you think. Um, Defense Secretary Mark Esper is looking at deep cuts to American troops on the continent in Africa. You know, closing a, a new $110 million drone base in Niger and uh, ending aid to the French forces battling militants who, who are surging in, in Mali and Niger and Burkina, uh, Burkina Faso. So, I don't know. Uh, you're leaving our troops out there with no, no support, no protection. And we didn't learn anything from other, other wars where we've done that uh, or, or from we didn't learn anything from Vietnam where we, we developed this system and proved that it works. I don't know. Anyway, moving on to the next subject here. Um, it, it's crazy. So what do y'all think about the state bailouts that's been proposed? Yes? No? Really don't? I, I don't know. Do we want to put more money into the to states that should have done what they were doing before this coronavirus? I'm not sure. Uh, so if y'all get a chance to, email me, VFAMM2020, or leave me a message on, on our Facebook page, uh, viewfrommilitarymind.com, um, or Dust Off Diaries. Uh, we get those also. It's our sister uh, Facebook page and program. Um, tell me what you think uh, about state bailouts for the coronavirus. Give me your opinion. We'll put those all together and. Uh, We'll, we'll come up with something for a show uh, here later on this week. But, yeah, tell me what you think. really haven't developed an opinion on that yet. Uh, I really don't see want to see a whole bunch of money spent out uh, to governments that should have had uh, some kind of emergency contingency. Of course, this is a unique situation. But um, you know, my kind of feeling is that we take care of the people first because they pay the taxes, they pay the spend the money to keep businesses stuff going. So, like I said, write to me at uh, VFM, VFAMM2020 gmail.com. Let me know what you think. Uh, go to our website, viewfrommilitarymind.com and uh, leave a comment on there and email it to us. But anyway, moving on to the next thing, state bailouts. That, that's going to be an interesting topic. I'd really love to get into that some more. Um, we know about President Trump's little um, warning to Iran about we will blow them out of the water. Hmm. Sounds like a good idea to me. Uh, they've been bad actors to begin with, but I see the viewpoint that's coming out. Uh, he says, we'll shoot them out of the water. Okay. We There's rules of engagement for across the military, and you have to follow those to a point. Um, harassment is not a reason to kill a bunch of people. Uh, it's just like uh, on the civilian side, if somebody is harassing you, uh, giving you a hard time, uh, are you going to go out and kill them just because they're harassing you? No, most of the time you're probably going to ignore them or try to figure out some way to stop the harassment short of murder, hopefully. Uh, I don't know about you, but Jail time is not worth stupid things. Now, we've seen the videos of the, of the boats running around, and um, they're not pointing weapons at them. Now, whether they're loaded or not, I couldn't tell you. Uh, I don't see 
what that what they've got. Um, it appears the machine gun on a couple of them do have belts fed. Don't know if it's charged or not. Um, usually when you feed it, you charge it. They'd be stupid not to. But the Iranians have not fired on them that I'm being, that reports are telling us. Um, when they start getting into issues like that, now the 10 foot encroachment zone where they got within 10 foot of the vessel, to me, that's a hostile act uh, because you can use that vessel to ram one of our boats, one of our ships. Uh, you Navy guys out there, you Marines, Shoot me a message and shoot me an email on that. Give me what your viewpoint on that is. You've been on the vessels. You've been out there. Uh, you know how this is trained out. You'll probably be a little bit more familiar with the rules of engagement than I am. Uh, I'm not Navy. I'm Army. Uh, of course, you can see I've got Army National Guard flag back there. Marine Corps is a, you know, a tribute to my wife. You know how Marines are. They get a little. But anyway, we'll leave that one alone. Um, but back on this issue with... Uh, Iran. I'm glad to see the warnings put out. And I know President Trump's not going to draw that red line in the sand and then everybody kick it around and step over it. Uh, when he puts a red line there, it's usually with a permanent marker and it's not going to be a good response unless they heed and pay attention. So, another one down. Um, you Navy guys, Marines, let me know what you think. Uh, get your opinions. Let's get them on the show. We'll. We'll get that for uh, during the week and look at it. Now, the topic that I was talking about earlier that really, really gets my eye up. Contractors. Military contractors. What the hell are we doing? Um, on, March four, on March 14th, uh, your military put out a report. <coughs> Uh, come from Texas Tech University and the World Danish De Defense College. Uh, these two individuals cooperated talking about private contractors in Iraq and Afghanistan. Um, now, just, just a little bit of numbers I've got for right now. As of December 31st, 2019, there are uh, 24,202 contractors in Afghanistan. 4,951 of those are contract security. They, they protect Bob entrances and aircraft, um, um, airport ramp entrances, uh, HVTs, high-value targets, or uh, HVPs, high-value persons, generals, things like that, politicians that come in there. Uh, but they're doing all the ancillary stuff out there. Uh, that leaves 19,251 for support, i.e., your chow hall your hangar maintenance, your aircraft maintenance, um, base maintenance, all kinds of contract stuff. The same thing, same contract things you would see here in the States, um, in your basic cities, what, what your everyday people do. These contractors are doing the same thing. Right. There's only 12,000 troops in country right now, approximately. We're not going to get the actual number uh, because that's an operational security issue. So, and they plan on having about 8,600 later on this year. Uh, that leaves 1.6 contractors per soldier or airman, marine, whatever's there. Might as well say two contractors per military person over there. We've got twice the number of contractors than we do combat troops. Oh, and guess what? 
combat troops have to protect those contractors. The majority of contractors over there, 90% are not armed. Yes, your security, your contract security are armed. Uh, a lot of them do carry all the time. But all your support personnel, your mess hall or your, your defect, whatever you call it, your um, administrative personnel and all your mechanics that are there taking work away from our troops, they're not armed. They're not going to protect themselves. They're going to find the nearest bunker, run into it and hide and crap all over themselves. Um, granted, a lot of them are former military personnel. But if you talk to them, most of them spent one tour in, got just enough experience to be da to be dangerous. Um, you know, I can speak from the aviation side of the house, or it just simply drove me crazy. I've got men and women that are under my under my purview that are excellent aircraft mechanics, and they're they're specialties specialists in their field, both general mechanics and hydraulics and prop rotor and do draw, all kinds of stuff that they do. But when you go into a production control meeting to to plan out your work and you're told specifically, you're going to send that to Dynacor or you're going to send that to KBR, you're going to send it to Axiom, you're going to send it to some other contractor to do all the work. And when you ask why, they're well, your people aren't experienced. Well, no shit. They're not experienced because I can't get them to work on the aircraft because you're sending them to a contractor that has less experience and bring it back to us and we got to... <coughs> rework what we've done okay you see how excited i get about this i, I really get upset and it's the same thing across the board uh, with the different um, job classifications it's absolutely ludicrous um and the army from what i see is one of the worst ones about it you might as well with the number of contractors you have doing our soldiers job except for combat you might as well just shut the army down and let the contractors take it. Why in the hell am I there putting my life on the line to protect a bunch of contractors and do my job and answer to my command? That's stupid. We don't need these contractors there. Not all of them that we've got. A little bit, but not the number we've got now. People are making billions off of this. And people ask me, well, why are you so butthurt over this? There's a good reason I'm butthurt. Because you're destroying our military in order to line someone's pocket. It's ignorant. It's it's absolutely nuts. And it, to top it all off, you know the costs of it. You know these contractors are not required to publicly divulge what their income is, what the number of people they have there. A lot of them operate in the shadows, and there's no effective public oversight. You know, and this is allowing policymakers to have their cake and eat it too. You know, we look like we're up withdrawing, but we're keeping proxy forces in theater, we're keeping proxy support in theater. That's it makes no sense. It makes no sense. Um. You know, there's all kinds of gap in data on these contractors. And some of you out there that I'm, that I'm, that'll be listening to this, this broadcast are probably contractors. This is not against you. Okay. Unless you're part of that, that hierarchy that 
you know, writes contracts and bids on all this mess. You're just out there trying to make a living. I get it. There's other ways to do it. Uh, yeah, the, it's hard to get data about the private military contractors, mainly because of proprietary business secrets. Um, despite those companies that, acting as proxies of the state, they're not legally obligated to share information with the public on their actions, organization, or labor force. Well, that's interesting. I have to tell you approximately how many troops I have in country, how they're organized, you know, and what actions they take. But I'm going to take and spend twice as much over here on this contractor, but I ain't got to tell you shit. Now, how in the world do you do that? Doesn't make sense. You can take all that money you give to these contractors, give it to the to the military, you know, all the branches across the board, increase their pay, better their equipment, incentive for bringing more people in, and keeping them keeping them longer. Why are we spending this money out here on these these contractors? Why? <clears throat> Most of these guys are young. When I say young, they're under fifty. Okay, but you get an old fort like me that's almost sixty years old, still out there, you know, doing it to it, and I'm trying to protect my young troops. You can't do it because you're fighting the, the military-industrial machine. Um, <clears throat> they're saying the security contractors comprise just about ten to twenty percent of DoD contractors in Afghanistan and Iraq. Um, okay, do you need those additional personnel out there to fight? Um, if you're out there as a mercenary, that's what we used to call them, and you are used to be a ranger, green beret, delta, seal, <coughs> air force special ops, you got out because you got tired of it, but you're, now you're a contractor. Oh, that's right. You're going to make more money. Generals, DOD, Pentagon, you see what I'm saying here? Instead of spending that money out there on a contractor who's raping us, put that into the military. <clears throat> now, every day, every year, we fuss and holler about NDAA for a new budget, <clears throat> but we can't get it because we're spending it on contractors. Figure that one out. How's, how those books work? All right. So, anyway, contractors, bane to my existence. Um, they keep going on. They're talking about the war machine being run on contracts. And it pretty much is. It's, it's, yeah. You can get into all the different, I mean, even January this year, um, far back as you know, October, they're talking about U.S. forces in 2020, the fiscal year, what kind of things we're going to have, and the number of contractors we're going to have in order to support our military personnel. Hmm. If you've ever been around military overseas, <coughs> excuse me, that rough day, and watch what they do. They pass the contract contract around, about like we pass our hand-me-down clothes around. It happens all the time. Uh, you may go in today, and Dynacor is your preferred flavor of contractor for the day and you come in tomorrow and it may be KBR 
you come in the next day, your next preferred flavor, maybe Axiom uh, or L3 or S2 or any number of contractors that have sprouted up since 9-11. And these people don't care. They're out there for that dollar. They know they're going to be protected by our troops. And they bounce this contractor, contract around like a rubber ball. And you never know from one minute to the next what's going to happen. What quality of people are you going to have? Um, their vetting process is absolutely minimal. Uh, I say that because I've been through their vetting processes. Uh, I've been asked to go to work for some of these companies. Nah, I have no desire to do that. First off, my butt's staying in the United States. Uh, I'm not going anywhere anymore. <laughs> I'm sorry, you don't pay me enough to go over there without a weapon <clears throat> to do that work and get shot at. Not going to happen. So, anyway, moving on to the next one. All right, we don't have a whole lot coming up on our chats and our message boards and hopefully I can as we go along we can get more people to, to come on board I know it's early uh, that's another thing if, you, if it's too early on a Saturday morning let me know and yeah, we'll change that around this we're in the process of building this and putting it all together so let me know what you think see let me know what you would like to see happen so so please uh, I want you to be part of this and go from there um but, uh, yeah, I mean, we're coming up on the, the end mark of what our time was set for. I know it's only a 30-minute show. Uh, I do apologize for that. Like I said, we had a lot of technical difficulties, but I don't want to run past my allocated times. So for those of you that, that did join us that are out there just kind of watching, just kind of looking, uh, I appreciate it. Uh, again, you can visit us at viewfrommilitarymind.com. You can write to me at VFAMM2020. Um, you can view this later on uh, on, on uh, YouTube. You can also view the, uh, the, uh, the stream later on on Facebook. It'll be there for a while. I don't delete them. I leave them in there. Uh, I make mistakes, so yeah, I'll leave them out there for comedy relief. Why not? Um, also, to let everybody know, um, we started this past Monday. We'll continue on with it every day. We have the View from Military Mind daily views. It's a 30-minute program released by noon every day. Um, come on there. Um, if anybody would like to be a guest on the show, I would love to have you come along. Uh, write to me at VFAMM2020 at gmail.com, and we'll bring you on as a guest, as a remote guest. We, have, we can get you all set up. Uh, I would love to have... Uh, veterans come on and prominent figures within the community that uh, have a viewpoint on this that know what's uh, what's up and can kind of steer us around and let us know what's going on so anyway um it is now 10 o'clock in alabama which is central time uh, 11 o'clock in the east coast i appreciate everybody who has come on and i will see you all a little later don't forget about our troops. Keep them in your prayers. Be safe. Be kind. God bless you. And God bless the United States. Then a Alfred Productions podcast, copyright 2020, with your host, Terry Mills. Thank you for listening to our show, and we will see you on the next one. God bless. 
and have a good day.